Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can email us at food at markbittman.com. We'd love to hear from you. Complaints, questions, answers, suggestions, rants, raves, what you love, what you hate. We will respond. Please, too, subscribe to this podcast. Rate it wherever you get your podcasts and rate it highly, of course. Tell your friends. You might consider subscribing also to our thrice weekly newsletter, The Bitman Project. That's at bitmanproject.com. This week on The Bitman Project, you will find pumpkin parfait, delicious, and the 45-minute roasted turkey. A whole Thanksgiving in just three hours, which I created in 1997 for The Minimalist and which we revisited this week. Also, from Tucker Shaw, we have five new no-salt recipes. And believe me when I say these recipes almost make you want to not to eat salt. They look and taste that good. Coming up next week, our annual long-awaited holiday gift guide. I'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bitman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car 
include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats. You know you want that. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Last year for Thanksgiving, we thought it'd be fun to bring back some of our past guests to talk about their thoughts about Thanksgiving and the traditions that carry on from year to year, like Tom Colicchio enjoys lasagna as an appetizer and pork belly in his stuffing. Stephen Satterfield and I talked about whether Thanksgiving is worth defending. Also, Nigella Lawson, who enjoys the holiday despite being a Brit, and Sheldon Simeon, whose dad calls turkey devil's meat. It's a great bunch, and the conversations run the gamut from goofy to serious to hilarious. So we're bringing it back, and you can listen to part two with Adrian Cheatham, Senator Cory Booker, and Sesame Street's Gonger, plus Marvet Meggett and her late wonderful mother, Emily Meggett, next week. We'll start with Tom, chef, activist, and head judge on Top Chef, who unsurprisingly, gave us some excellent advice on turkey cooking. What were your Thanksgivings like as a kid? And maybe some memories if you have them. Yeah, so Thanksgiving was the holiday that my grandmother did. And uh, so and my grandmother lived, uh, when we were kids, right across the street from us. And then a little later on um, in the same, there were two four-family homes on the lot. So she lived in the one behind us. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so Thanksgiving was at my grandmother's and she would make, you know, traditional Turkey stuffing and, and the whole bit, but there was also a, a, uh, an appetizer of lasagna. <laughs> Good. <laughs> just because just a little uh, snack. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a little light snack to start off the, the day. But, uh, my, you know, my grandparents on my, on my mother's side, they were born here. So at this point, they were pretty much assimilated and they were, you know, doing American Thanksgiving. And there was always uh, turkey stuffing, uh, purees of like sweet potatoes or yam, candied yams always, and mashed potatoes and green beans and, you know, real, you know, traditional uh, Thanksgiving. And how, how do you do it or how are you doing it this year? Well, what I do, so we have it every other year. Um, we, this year, we are going to my my wife's stepmother's and father's house. So we trade off every year with them. And uh, same thing, very traditional. Um, Andrea Swenson um, is my wife's stepmom, and she's, a, she's actually a very good cook. And big turkey, stuffing, you know, gravy, <laughs> mashed potatoes. <and> very <laughs> traditional. Exactly, exactly what you'd expect. Now, when I do it, I do my stuffing... Um, Sort of a riff on my grandmother's, um, a, a little different. I use carrots in mine, which is kind of a little unconventional, with carrots, celery, onion, leek, um, pork belly, breakfast sausage. For some reason, breakfast sausage seems to work best. It's the sage, I think, is that it's such a Thanksgiving spice. Right. It's so my grandmother used, so that's the holdover. But I also save, like, you know, from the restaurant, like foie gras scraps and stuff like that, and freeze it <laughs> and, and get that in there. It's just fat, pork Not fat, you know? right? And uh, and pork belly too. So we save the trim, and I'll I'll take a little bit of that with me. And um, I like chestnuts in mine as well. I mean, this sounds amazing. And I use a combination of like a country bread and Amy's fennel raisin bread. <laughs> Has to be. <laughs> it is. I put fennel in my. I put fennel in mine too. And fennel seed and raisins, golden raisins. So, but the semolina golden raisin, I think just, it just, and, and again, eggs and stock. So that, that's the one that I serve in my home. And it's also what we serve at Kraft and, and all my restaurants. If we do Thanksgiving, we're serving that stuffing. That sounds really great. We may ask you for a recipe for that. Uh, it's, it's good. I think there's one, there's one around somewhere. And the turkey, you know, I used to do it high oven for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and then turn it down. And I do the opposite now. So now lots of butter under the skin. So I make like an herb butter with sage and some tarragon and parsley, lots of butter under the skin. I do stuff the bird. 
and I do both stuffing and dressing. And, um, but what I do now is, um, very slow oven, like 200 degrees for a longer time. So what I, what I do is I cook to temperature. I don't care about time. And to me, this is the key. Everybody says, how long do you cook the bird for? It's totally irrelevant how long you cook it for. You're cooking to a temperature, get a good thermometer and cook it to, you know, 135. You take it out of the oven. It's going to carry over. It's going to be perfect. I do something else that, and so if you cook it, then the reason behind this, if you cook it slow, you think about this. If you put a turkey in a 350 degree oven, right? By the time the inside is 135 degrees, the outside, the very outside is 350 degrees, right? And now you want to know why you have a dry bird because 350 degrees is going to dry out any bird. An inch in, it's still going to be 300 plus degrees, which is way overcooked. And so it's almost, you think about like the logic behind sous vide cooking, right? You're cooking longer temperature, slower, right? And so the outside, if you're in a 200 degree oven, the outside is only going to get to 200 degrees. It's just going to take a lot longer. And that's why it's so important to have a thermometer. Makes perfect sense. And then do you brown it at the end or you run it? Yes. Yeah. And what you do, what I do though, is I take it, you know, it's, you could just crank up the oven at that point, right? But it's going to take a while for it to get to 500 degrees. So I take the bird out, crank up the oven, wait till it gets to 500 degrees and then put it in. And then it's like 10 minutes. Yeah. But that's it. You know, it's, it's slow and slow. I mean, you, you can get away with 175. It's going to take a long time. Even better, though, because the outside is only going to get to 175. It makes a lot and of sense. And this is why it's so important to have a good thermometer, because you can just program it out, and it's foolproof. The other thing that I do, really important, is you got to baste the turkey. So I try to baste it, um, like, once, once, after about the first hour, especially if you do it really, really slow, after the first hour, because it's going to baste because that butter's going to start to melt. After the first hour, about every 15 minutes, I baste it. So go out and get that turkey baster. You know, you use it <laughs> once a year. Good. And, uh, but that's it. And, and sides, um, uh, you know, usually, um, what am I doing for sides? Usually some sort of sweet potato or a gratin. No marshmallows. Please, no marshmallows. Um, and, uh you know, depending on what I'm in the mood for, it's a bunch of like roasted or braised things. I do a, a, a roast mixed root vegetable. So any root vegetable that I could find. Right. Um, uh, I do a, another side of bacon, onions, and Brussels sprouts, separate side. Sometimes a side of mushrooms. Um, gratin of parsnips for the gratin instead of potato. That's beautiful. I find it much more interesting. So what I, and the way I do that is I take the parsnips and slice them, take heavy cream, and cook them on top of the stove in the heavy cream. That's how I do my potato gratin too. Cook it on top of the stove very, very slowly until it's cooked and it has to be cooked. Then layer it into a gratin and then put it in a low oven, not a high oven. I can't tell you how many cooks come in the kitchen and I tell them and I go, they're in a high oven. It has to brown. I'm like, just put it in a low <laughs> oven. It's going to brown. It's going to brown. And right. what you don't want it to do is start to boil because that's how it breaks. So nice and slow oven. And so that parsnip. Well, you cook the parsnips whole first in the no, cream? No, no, no. I slice them first. I see. Okay. Yeah. Slice them first and then cream, salt, pepper, no cheese. I mean, you can, if you want cheese, you can put cheese in there. I don't, I don't put cheese with parsnips or, or with potato. For me, potato, gratin, potato. And then there's all the pies, of course. There's <laughs> the, oh, <laughs> the, the pumpkin, the apple, the, uh, uh, oh, cranberry sauce, definitely fresh. Easiest thing in the world to make. Orange juice, cranberries, sugar, done. If you want to get fancy, you can put some spices in there, or you can put the orange zest blanched three times. I think the recipe is on the back of the ocean it's, spray pack. I think so. <laughs> I think I think it is, and it's really that easy. Um, and uh, if and and if you like it sweeter, add more sugar. I enjoy cooking Thanksgiving. It's one of those meals I look forward to. And luckily for, for us, um, we're, we're all on the same page when it comes to politics. So there's absolutely no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no worrying about, you know, the uncle who comes, who comes in that, you know, you have to suffer through. No, we don't have any of that. I, I haven't had that problem in many, many years now that I think about it. Fortunately, yeah. God. Yeah. 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 And that would, that would make us all nuts. Now, here's the other thing. For years, I've always said, like, you know, that Norman Rockwell photo or, you know, painting with the mm -hmm. turkey on the table and the table set and everything's around. I always said, when do you see that? <laughs> and then one year, right, I'm busy cooking and I take the bird and it has to rest, right? It, it needs to rest. 
which the anesthetometer tells, tells you is how long to actually rest it too. Uh, Cause you keep the probe in when you take it out of the oven, the probe stays in and it'll tell you when to actually, you know, it's rested enough. Anyway. So I took the turkey out of the oven and I'm sitting there like, I had to put it somewhere. Like there's nowhere to put it. I'm busy. The counter is, the counter's all taken up with space. I put it on the center of the table to rest it. And that's when I went, Oh, that's the picture. <laughs> there it is right there. <laughs> so I rest the turkey on the table. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's really yeah. nice. Now all you need nice. is like little cherub eight-year-old sitting around. Well, we 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 have now, now they're eleven and thirteen. We had those a couple of years back, uh, but yeah. uh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good food holiday, it really is. Next, we've got Stephen Satterfield, food writer, multimedia producer, and founder of Whetstone Media, plus the host of Netflix's High on the Hog. We discussed whether Thanksgiving is worth defending. Welcome, Stephen Satterfield. It is wonderful to have you back on the podcast. Thank you, Mark. It's great to be back. So we're talking to uh, a number of people about Thanksgiving and wanted to bring in some of our favorites, which include you. And I, I guess the first question is, what was Thanksgiving like when you were a child, young? When I was young, what was Thanksgiving like? Well, we celebrated Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, often with extended family, we were always the host house, I would say. Where was this? In Atlanta, Georgia. Right. Unlike years, I guess our, we were more of a Christmas family though. That's when we would really sort of turn up the most, but, um, we did celebrate. I don't think there was anything particularly special or unusual about our Thanksgiving celebrations. Although there was a moment uh, when I was in elementary school for a few years that we had started to go to a restaurant for Thanksgiving that had like uh, um, a buffet, which I thought was really fun. I'm trying, I can't remember. Oh, it was called Raise on the River in Atlanta, um, had a Thanksgiving buffet. And yeah, I think my parents just got, got sick of the dishes for a few years. So that was um, <laughs> a deviation from our normal tradition. I thought that some people, had really strange traditions, I, which is fun to hear about. I went through a period, but I was a grown-up. I went through a period in my 30s when I first became a food writer where I was like determined to do anything but turkey on Thanksgiving and write about it. That was right. a good project. So we were doing crown roast of pork, or one year we just decided to do a variety of birds in non-Western style, I guess, like I don't know, soy sauce glazed quail or so, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, anyway, doesn't sound like, and this is fine, obviously, doesn't sound like it has a big role in your emotional life. I think that's a great way to describe it. <laughs> Sounds like this is going to be a short interview. <laughs> and what about this year? Are you doing it? I may. Um, if, if only because, you know, I, I will most likely be hanging out with my parents because they still, it's a day that they still, you know, take off and do the thing that millions and millions of people do all over the country. And there's no business happening, obviously, on that day. So I don't, uh, I'm not like an active, um, I don't protest Thanksgiving or anything like that. But uh, yeah, as you say, it, it plays a very insignificant role in my emotional uh and intellectual life i just don't really think about it like that other yeah. than maybe it's to eat with my folks i mean frankly i'm the same we're gonna do this year we're gonna do i think we're gonna try to do a feast of seven fishes there are just three of us on the actual thanksgiving and one's a pescatarian so i think i'm just gonna try to cook a lot of fish which i think will be fun but yeah it does seem to be a like a have become sort of a benign holiday, like not that many people hate it. And then there are these, there is obviously this giant population that thinks it's important, or at least that's so it seems. Who knows? When you talk to people, I mean, we could have a conversation like this where it's like, meh, you know, take it or leave it. It's a nice few days off. Well, I mean, it's colonial propaganda, right? So it could be um, a thing to treat with, indifference um or even a thing to be annoyed or infuriated by probably if you're an indigenous person or if you are um 
the kind of person who believes in certain symbols and what they represent for this country, the United States, um, then it could become a thing to really defend and really be emotional about. And so as with everything, stories and symbols are, are fought for and defended. And Thanksgiving is a big part of the U.S. mythology. Yeah. I guess I see it for the propaganda that it is and don't get too excited about it one way or the other. Stay tuned for more hunger-inducing conversation. We'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. 
Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. I'm happy to say that next up is Chef Sheldon Simeon, whose love of Hawaii and its culinary wonders is infectious. Here he is with Kate, talking about how his dad thinks turkey is devil's meat. First of all, I want to know what your Thanksgivings were like as a kid and how that's shaped what the holiday means to you now. Uh, Thanksgiving as a kid. You know what's crazy? It felt like a normal weekend at the Simeon household, just because my house was always the gathering spot. It, like every weekend felt like a, like a holiday. Like we always had a spread and maybe during the holidays and Thanksgiving, there'll be a turkey on the table. Every single weekend growing up uh, at the Simeon household was always a gathering. You know, it could be one or two families or sometimes my whole family will be there and that's like 10 to 12 families <laughs> growing up. So, so fun. Uh, the weekends felt like holidays all the time. Uh, of course, like when it comes to Thanksgiving, you'll find turkey on the table. And uh, my dad would be making smoked chicken because, I don't know, something in his brain, he said, I'm allergic to turkeys. But <laughs> to this day, <laughs> to this day, he doesn't eat turkey. Uh, so <laughs> we've got smoked chickens uh, going on all the time. Uh, but uh, huge gathering. Uh, there'll be... Uh, food from all different types of cultures, you know, the usual poke would be on the table. We do do adobo turkey tails. That is uh, a big thing in our family. Delicious turkey tails uh, cooked in garlic and, and soy sauce and bay leaves and all of that good stuff, but simmered down. And uh, yeah, I loved it as a kid and uh, I still make that uh, with my family. Was it your dad's recipe? It sounds amazing. I love adobo. Was it your dad's creation? Yeah, I think, well, every year you'll kind of kind of switch up and change. Uh, you know, after I visited the Philippines, my adobo recipe changed back. Uh, very uh, shoyu or soy sauce forward. Uh, a ton of black pepper. Uh, one thing about the turkey tails, you can season it aggressively, which I love. That sounds amazing. Your kids like it. My kids love it. It took me a few years to tell them what it was at first, you know, <laughs> just like what. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they figured it out uh, eventually. Uh, but it, it's too good to, to pass up at that point. <laughs> Are you hosting this year? I am. I'm hosting. Uh, the restaurant will be closed. Uh, and uh, we'll be hosting at our house. So we'll have you know, my family, uh, Janice's family a bunch of friends, a bunch of people from the restaurant. So we're going in. We're going to go hard this year in Thanksgiving. Heavy poo-poos? Heavy, heavy poo-poos. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, I, I love it because this is like a, a time that I get to like whatever cook traditional American style food, which I don't get to all the time. So I love putting my Hawaii lens and Filipino lens on like the American traditional classics. Now, so you'll, you'll see like purple sweet potatoes, like uh, Okinawan style with like coco coconut milk uh, drizzled over the top. And uh, instead of, you know, collard greens, you'll see luau leaf, uh, but we'll put like smoked salmon over the top of it and uh, we'll do things that take a, take a while, 
So we'll we'll probably make lao laos this year. You know, it's like a all day process where you have to wrap up these little bundles, and it takes like eight hours to steam. And uh, yeah, we'll be. I haven't come to, come up with my exact menu, but I know I want to go hard this year. <laughs> Do the kids help? The kids get excited to help uh, during the shopping and and making the menu. And then they find out that they they rather go play in the yards once their cousins and all of that all come, <laughs> come around. <laughs> uh-huh. so, yeah, they go hard that, in a different way. What did your family do that was weird or unusual? When like either when you were growing up, or what does your family do that's weird or unusual now? Oh man, <laughs> no, I was like, okay, I'm trying to think about how I would answer that, and I don't really yeah. know. <laughs> Oh, uh, you're fine. Yeah, you, yeah. Maybe there's nothing. <sighs> I mean, turkey tail adobo is unusual. That, yeah. T- well, super cool. Exactly. Well, the fact that my my father, for some reason, has uh, something in his head that he is allergic to turkey. I don't know where that came up from. Well, how can you be allergic to turkey but not to chicken? <laughs> Does exactly. that make sense? I, I don't know even if allergic is the word. It takes a turkey, <laughs> the turkey is like devil meat or something. So he will not <laughs> he will not eat turkey. So he's got his, you know, he's got his his chicken that he marinates and he, he has his specific kiave wood that he's gonna smoke it with. And and yeah, that's his own thing. And uh he likes to push his chicken over the turkey for everyone. He's like, try the chicken. Try the chicken. <laughs> I loved your dad after the first time I talked to you, and I love your dad now. He sounds like the best. <laughs> the fact that this man will eat, you know, uh, raw liver and, and and pickled pickled goat, and not wow. not have a slice of turkey breast, it's it, it changes. <laughs> oh my god, raw liver! I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You know, that's that's always like a day of just like getting on each other, especially now, too. It's like I will call him up. We live on different islands, so I'll call him up early in the morning and, you know, he'll be making his smoked chicken. And uh, I'll try to get my brother or my sister-in-law to to finally coax him into trying some turkey. uh, That's a whole that's a whole thing. (laughs) I can't believe I'm sharing this with everyone. I love this. I love this. Your dad is the best. I remember, you know, also like we'd go like forage for uh, for fern shoots in the morning uh, growing up. But that's again for any occasion. But, you know, Thanksgiving in particular or or like uh, the holidays, New Year's Eve also. So I do miss that. I wish I, I was uh, closer to foraging grounds of where I live on Maui. I don't know. I'll just put it into my head. Maybe I'll do that with my kids this year. Go, go find some stuff that we can, can cook. Yeah, that's inspiring. It makes me want to go to Central Park and forage for some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you and your dad would get together the morning of Thanksgiving. You would be together because you live yeah. with him. And yeah, you would yeah, forage yeah. together that morning? Yeah, we'd year? go. Uh, not every year, but I do remember some years that we we, we went to our patch You know, every we had a patch that we'd pick uh, ho'i'o, uh, which is Hawaiian fiddlehead ferns. We'd go in the, early in the morning to make a salad, go pick it up. And uh, I used to love waking up early and just get back. And I mean, the cooking starts like three days ahead, right? It's like depending on on where we want, what we're doing. It's so funny that we think talked about Thanksgiving because it's seriously like my life growing up. That was like every weekend. It's like, we're making laulaus or we're roasting a pig or we're doing something for some type of celebration. Uh, so I'm very lucky that I grew up around like family celebrations like that. That was constant. You know, I, I get like some families, you know, it takes Thanksgiving for, for everyone to get together. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to have that, have more gatherings at my house, more constant that, that just to, to give my kids the same upbringing that I had. One of these days I'm going to show up. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You show up, we will send you right into the valley to go get some fern sheets. (laughs) I would love that. 
And finally, let's finish out today's episode with the no less than iconic Nigella Lawson, who was this podcast's very first guest. We're thrilled to have her back. She talked with me and Kate about her love of bread sauce and why she enjoys Thanksgiving so much. Also of note is that Nigella is doing a huge U.S. book tour through November 27th. Details at the link in today's show notes. So do you celebrate Thanksgiving, or is it a safe assumption to think that you don't? Well, the thing is, in a way, you've got to remember that one of the things you're celebrating at Thanksgiving is getting a shot of us. So (laughs) I don't know. I feel perhaps it's, it's certainly not my feast to celebrate, but I do love Thanksgiving. Uh, I love the food, which for us is very much a precursor, if you like, for our Christmas dinner a month later. But generally, I think I've always been attracted to Thanksgiving. Now, I call it a, a meta feast because it's a feast that celebrates the act of feasting. And that's it. It's And it's gratitude, isn't it? Gr- gratitude and a, com- a completely uh, secular feast. And I think that's wonderful. I think it, it's, it makes it so inclusive. You know, that's the thing about Thanksgiving. Everyone in America can bring something to it and they're part of it. So I, I do love it for that. I'm always curious at how people from any other country besides America view it, because, you know, it's, it's a weird holiday for a lot of reasons. And I'm wondering if you have ever celebrated it here and what you thought about celebrating it here. Yes, I have, because some years back I was filming in Kansas during Thanksgiving and we had a pretty disgusting dinner. Uh, you know, it was it was in a hotel. They did their best, but it was very much not home cooking, which to me Thanksgiving is about. But we celebrated it with the crew that, you know, I'd flown out with and the crew that we were working with there in the States. And it was actually a really lovely meal. And we just went round. It was in a kind of shine boardroom with one of those tables that are so shiny. You think everything's going to get off the table. And we sat round one by one. They were thankful for. And it felt like sharing the moment. We were there. It, it seemed writing it with Americans, not just an English crew. You know, so it felt it made it feel more authentic to us. But it is complicated. But in many senses, a, a lot of feasts are. But I think how it's evolved has been something that I can see that, that those of us who don't have a very much shared secular feast in, our, in whatever country we might be from can, can see the value in that. So let's move into more of your area of expertise and just talk about holidays in general and yes. what they look like for you, what you cook and so on. Well, for, during the holidays, you know, yeah. we also have, you know, turkey, cranberry sauce, and we add something that, you know, I don't know if you've ever eaten, but it is it is always, um, I think, thought to be pretty disgusting by those, at least in theory. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what this is. Up it. And that's bread sauce. Have you ever eaten it? Maybe wait, not. I have to tell you something embarrassing because I'm reading, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I like to have a, a very pleasurable book to read to put, to like, enjoy in the middle of the night as a treat. And right now I'm reading The Shopaholic Christmas, uh, which is a British book. And they talk about bread sauce in the page I read, one of the pages I read last night. And I was like, what the heck is bread sauce? It's so funny that you just, yes. Oh my gosh. You know, if you didn't have it at Christmas, I think it would be terrible. People often do like it when they when they try it, but I'm not so sure. I think it is something you perhaps need to grow up with. So essentially, it's pap. You know, it's just uh, warm milk. You, you, um, you. In I, I, it must have started as a way of just filling up with staling bread. 
and because it, it expands inside you. Uh, anyway, let's not go further. <laughs> so you get stale bread. Some people <laughs> use, some people turn it into breadcrumbs. I do it as my mother did. I just slice from a big, a white loaf that's not pre-sliced, not plastic bread, proper bread, but white. And I, I cut it into thick slices. I let it stale. And then the next, so I leave it there. That in the morning, this is what the smell of Christmas morning <laughs> is for, for for British people. You put a you put some milk in a pan. You get an onion, peel it, cut it in half, stud each half with a clove. Put in some blades of mace. You can use powdered mace and some pepper, either peppercorns or just ground pepper, and some salt. And you bring that up to nearly but not quite boiling and let it steep for as long as you've got, you know, for half an hour would be fine. And then some people take all the bits out. I'm quite lazy. I often leave them in and maybe take out the, the onion, the lumps of onion. And then you pull the bread into pieces. So, as I say, some people breadcrumb it, but you just tear the stale bread into pieces. You drop it into the milk and you carry on stirring it, and then it's like a, it's like a porridge. And then just before serving, um, I put in, I beat in a huge sort of chunk of butter. You can add a bit of cream too if you want, but I just tend to do butter. And for some reason, we find it heavenly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's this thing about things that you grew up with. Yes. It's like a bread smoothie. Thicker than that. It's like, as I say, it's pap. It's what you imagine that, you know, in the Victorian workhouses, people without teeth were given. <laughs> you know, it's, but, but it is, but I do like it. And I even like a dollop of it in my sandwiches the next day. So then again, I have the bread, leftover turkey, some cranberry sauce, bit of bread sauce, hot English mustard, uh, maybe, you know, whatever else is left over. So I think in the same way as you have it for Thanksgiving, the leftovers become such a wonderful feast. And in the same way as making stock from the turkey, to either to, you know to make soup or you know we make turkey curry a lot for with leftover as well. I often make do I do a I, I suddenly decide to go a bit Southeast Asian and make a hot and sour noodle salad with the with the leftover turkey, especially if there's any white meat left over, which tends to be less luscious. Then if I steep it in some vinegar and soy and garlic, a bit of chili, um, maybe a bit of lime juice. It goes so tender again. So it's, I like the days that come, come after. You know, the thing is, I think human beings need a certain amount of ritual and contemporary life doesn't provide that. But having that same meal year in, year out, maybe you might bring something else. Maybe there's a different side dish. I never see the call for it, but you can. But it's, but we all have that. I think your Thanksgiving is no less traditional because even though newspapers and magazines always run all these suggestions for off-the-wall new Thanksgiving recipes, holiday recipes, most people carry on cooking what they know and love and what that day means to them. A lot of people take it personally when you change it up. Yes. Like my sister, Mark's other daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Not that she's a creature of habit. I think there's this thing about you grow up with something, you just don't lose your taste for it. I mean, if you liked it at the beginning, you just keep liking it for your whole life, as ridiculous as it might be, like bread sauce. But you know, but it isn't just because it's always there. It's that you can't help but you know, year in year out. All those, all the dishes uh, become ever more freighted with a kind of emotional value. And right. so sometimes I'm sure some people suddenly are sitting around at the table and I'm sure they sometimes suddenly say, oh, you know, thank goodness we don't have to eat this meal for another year. 
you know, that they still, you know, that it isn't just about the food. It is more about the fact that that is what they do. That's what we do that year. And it's people have their family or their, you know, their family traditions. And I think it does become important. And when you start having a family yourself, you you want to start your own traditions. And it might mean incorporating some from your family of origin, but it's very important also to decide how you're going to live as a family. But each year builds on the year before. So your memories are reinforced. And, um, yes. you know, when you're 20, you're cooking what your mother or grandmother cooked when you were 10. And then when you're 30, you're remembering cooking, when it, cooking it when you were 20 and on and on and on. And suddenly it's, yeah, it's part of your life. Yes, I think so. You're about to go on a huge book tour. I am. I'm really, I am. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just trying to get everything I needed to get done first. And then I'll be, well, it's a 16, 16 venues. Unbelievable. I'll be zigzagging all over the place. And I will be stateside for Thanksgiving. Oh, what are you going to do? I don't know. I haven't de- decided who to approach yet. <laughs> I I've got a few friends where I'll be, but I don't know exactly what to commit myself to. Well, good luck and safe travels. I hope the trip to America goes great. So do I. I'm longing, you know, I'm longing to be there. California Thanksgiving is just right. Yes. Perfect. I'll think of you. Raise a glass to you too. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thank you, Nigella. Thank you. Take care. I'm going to give you a Thanksgiving recipe. That's a little bit different. You know, there's um, there's a Brussels sprouts recipe of mine, which is roasted Brussels sprouts, often has bacon in it, was a minimalist. My column at the New York Times is still on the New York Times site and floating all over the internet. And I would say on average, 10 people a year say to me, I just made your Brussels sprouts recipe. And that's the one they mean. And you can find it. You don't need me to find it for you. But we have many Brussels sprouts recipes. And Brussels sprouts are good in about 50 different ways. So a lot of people don't know you can eat Brussels sprouts raw. So I'm going to present you with a Brussels sprout salad. This is from How to Cook Everything Vegetarian, by the way. It's really simple. You take a pound and a half of Brussels sprouts, you trim them. You have salt, you have olive oil, say a third of a cup, and lemon juice, as much as you need to balance everything, but start with two tablespoons. And a little red onion or a shallot, very thinly sliced, halved halved and thinly sliced. So use either a mandolin or your fabulous knife skills or the shredding blade of your food processor to shave the Brussels sprouts into thin slices. However you want to do that is fine. And then pick them up and sort of work them between your fingers until they turn into beautiful individual little slices in a large bowl and add some salt and gather handfuls of those shreds together and rub them, lift them, massage them. This is a little bit like massaged kale until the salt is distributed and dissolves and the shreds soften a little bit. If any water accumulates in that period, which it might, you can drain that out. And then toss with olive oil. I said a third of a cup lemon juice. I said two tablespoons, that small sliced onion or shallot, and a generous sprinkle of pepper. Toss that thoroughly and refrigerate for at least an hour or up to six. So you can make it in the morning if you like. Taste and adjust the seasoning. Add a little more lemon if you like. Some parsley isn't a terrible thing. And serve it cold or at room temperature. That is an awesome salad. Enjoy it. Thank you to all of the great people who helped us with this episode. Tom Colicchio, Stephen Satterfield, Sheldon Simeon, Nigella Lawson for their Thanksgiving thoughts. Follow Tom on Instagram at Tom Colicchio. Stephen at I Saw Stephen. That's I-S-A-W-S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Sheldon at Chef Wonder. And Nigella at Nigella Lawson. Thanks, too, to Kate Pittman, our producer and co-host, and Davis Lloyd, our engineer, who make this podcast possible. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and check us out at BittmanProject.com. See you next week.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.